All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you for joining us today. Topic for today is the economy and the stock market. So this is a cool little trick that I believe started with Donald Trump, but I may be wrong, where the stock market became the economy, right? So if the stock market was doing good, that was an indication that the economy was strong. It was a cute little trick because the government has way more control over the stock market than it does over the whole economy. As the economy got shittier and shittier, the government playbook is to use different metrics so people cannot realize how bad things are getting and then blame the government because they're in charge of it. So this has always bugged me for the past, I don't know, five or six years that this is now the new talking point of focusing on the stock market and its success as an indication of the overall economy, the, you know, how good a job the president's doing, how good a job the Federal Reserve's doing, all that bullshit. Because uh, what we're going to talk about today is both of those things aren't even doing that great when you know how to look at it. Okay, so let's try to separate economy from stock market. What is an economy? So if you look up the definition, it's going to say something like an economy is a large set of interrelated production, consumption, and exchange activities that aid in determining how scarce resources are allocated. Okay. In plain English, that means there's three big things that make up an economy. There's a production. So that's the inputs of labor, capital, goods and services. All those are used to produce outputs of goods and services. So when you, when you hear production, think land, which is, you know, natural resources, labor is your, you know, your human skill and effort that the people are bringing to the table. The capital is equipment and materials and enterprise is the organization and undertaking of production. So, you know, businesses essentially. So that's the production side of the economy. The consumption side, pretty self-explanatory. That's the process of buying and selling goods and services. So if you just think about it like you work, you get income, and then you spend that money. So that process is consumption. You earned and then you spent. So therefore you consumed. Uh, and the other part that makes up the economy is the exchange activities, which is essentially the stock market, right? The marketplace where securities, commodities, and other financial instruments are traded. All right, so you can see how the stock market is a small portion of the overall economy, right? So that's why I wanted to get in this, get into this today. So, you know, everyone from individuals to families to corporations to governments participate in the economy, like in that whole process. So you have really everybody playing that game, all right? The United States is mostly a market economy, and that's, I believe we covered this in the, the capitalism podcast, but a, a market economy, that's where the consumers and producers determine what's sold and what's made. And the producers own what they make and they decide on their own prices. And the consumers own what they buy and they decide how much they're willing to pay. All right. And that's where the, the laws of supply and demand will usually determine the prices and the total production of those goods, right? If enough people want something, there'll be a market for it. If nobody wants something, no one's going to commit resources to make it because there's no demand for it. So, you know, the U.S. is not a complete, absolute free market economy. And that's because there's government regulation and intervention. Like an example of the 
interventions would be the government bailouts or the the paycheck protection, the PPP loans that they gave small businesses during the pandemic. You know, both those things sound good, right? But they prevent the bad companies from failing and their resources from being reallocated to the good companies. That sounds callous or mean, right? That you are mad that the government intervene to prevent companies from failing, but th this is the natural order of things. You know, think of this as like a forest. Sometimes you need a good forest fire to clear out all the dead wood, and then the strong is left standing, and then you prosper from there. A good example of that is during the pandemic, they had the PPP loans. So these were where companies could file for a loan to help pay their payroll. I believe it was eight weeks. So they the government loaned them eight weeks of payroll to keep them in business as they try to navigate the lockdowns and the, all the bullshit that came with, you know, 2020. So it sounds great, right? They get them through the tough times. But what happens is instead of the strong companies, you know, with the savings and the good business model, getting all of the bad companies, customers and their staff and their equipment because they went out of business, Right. That prevents that from happening. So what happens is the government intervention prevented the natural order of things. Right. So it kept a bad company on life support and the bad business model and the bad companies rewarded. And the good business is penalized because they did everything right. They saved their money. They had a good business plan. They were making money. However, they lost out on their reward for doing a good job because these other zombie companies are still being kept alive by the government. So it really screws up the natural order of things because in a total free market, the goods and services and the production, all that stuff goes to the people that are doing the best job. And if you're not doing a good job, then you're out of the game. And then all of your resources get reallocated to the economy where they are needed, right? So right now we have a lot of unneeded businesses being kept alive by the government. If all the restaurants can't make a profit, that's a sign that there's too many fucking restaurants. So some of them have to fail. The staff from those failed companies go to the companies that are working. And now you won't see all the help wanted signs in every single restaurant. You'll just have less restaurants that have the adequate amount of help and they can provide a good product to the customer. Okay, does that make sense? So again, when anything goes bad, you can always rest assured that the government's fucking involved somehow. And in this case, they get involved in the free market and screw up the natural order of supply and demand and efficient use of resources. I know it may sound a little cold, but this is how it works. All right, so we have the economy. We know what it is. We know what it does. And how do we measure, right, the economy? How do we know if we're doing a good job? And this is when they would use the old GDP, the gross domestic product, as a way to measure how the economy is doing. So GDP measures the monetary value of final goods and services that are bought by the final user produced in a country in a given period of time. So they always do it by quarter. So the first, you know, every three months is a quarter of a year. It's not the best way to measure it. So this, you know, critics of this say, well, you know, these measurements were never intended to measure progress, right? And they leave out a lot of shit. So this, it's not the best model. And a good example of that is the 2021 Q4 GDP number came out and it was 6.9%, right? That's fucking awesome number. 
traditionally, if we were at a 3% or higher, that was considered a very good year with growth and everything else. So every president is really hoping for that 3% average over his administration would be a huge win. Okay, I think Obama barely got there. Trump didn't get there. And we'll see what's up with Sleepy Joe. But so on, on the face of it, you hear 6.9% Q4. I mean, that's that's fucking awesome, right? The consumer activity and the business spending has, is, is the strongest in the U.S. economy since 1984, right? Biden holds a freaking quick press conference to tell everybody how fucking awesome he is and take his little victory lap about the amazing economy. So, you know, here's why I, I do this podcast, because when you hear that and you read those news reports, you get this false sense of security that the economy is doing well. However, upon a little closer of a look, you see that the jobless claims are still remain elevated. The orders for long-lasting goods has hit its lowest point since April 2020. So no one's actually investing in these long-lasting goods. And then if you dig a little deeper, you'll come to this number. And would anyone be surprised to find out that 70% of that GDP spending was for inventories? Okay, so think about that. So of the 6.9% growth of the gross domestic product, right? So we're, woo, we spent, we bought a lot of shit. We made a lot of shit. 70% of that was companies buying stuff for their inventory. Okay, so that's not really an accurate idea of what happened in that year. That's just people buying a bunch of shit because they know the prices are going up, right? We, we've, we know inflation is running rampant. So what do you do in an inflationary environment? You buy what you know you're going to consume as much now as you can because you know the further you go in time the more those products will be so businesses aren't stupid they went through all of 2021 watching the inflation rise rise and rise and then everyone in the last quarter said well this is not transitory this is not going away and they bought a lot of inventory to have for this year so if you back out that 70 percent of the GDP that was inventory, that's 4.8% of the GDP was strictly inventory. So just think about that. We just said a 3% quarter of GDP growth was great. We had 4.8% GDP growth was just fucking people buying inventory. So that means the real GDP growth, if you back the inventory out, is like 2%. Again, the numbers are very deceiving. And when you hear that headline, 6.9%, you're like, woo, yay, yay economy. But when you look further, that number's bullshit. And then I'm always a fan of using your eyeballs. Look around. Does the economy look like it's doing good? You go to a strip mall, is any stores open? Are people spending money? People buying big shit? No. The lines get bigger and bigger at McDonald's and fucking Chick-fil-A, you know? And the reservations for the nice restaurants go down. Eyeball test. So that's the economy. And that's kind of how the government has a little scoreboard of how well it's doing with GDP. So again, flawed system, but it's important to understand what the hell you should think of when you hear the economy. Now, let's look at the stock market. This right now is being used by the politicians as look what we did. The stock market indices are fucking making records, all this shit. That's all we talk about, right? The stock market, think of the stock market as this. It's a, it's a marketplace where securities, commodities, and other financial instruments are traded. But when you buy a share of a stock, you're buying a share of that company's future earnings. Okay, that's the way to look at it. 
So if I bought a, a share of Apple at a certain price, whatever the price is trading at today, I'm buying a share of that company and I'm hoping that that company's future profits makes the stock go up and then I would make more money. So, you know, the stock market is not at all a good representation of the overall economy. And that's why using the stock market as a scoreboard is wrong. You know, it doesn't reflect everyone's economic situation. If you go back in time, when we would go through recessions and the Great Recession and all this stuff, all the, the brain trust of the government and the Fed came up with this plan, which they referred to as the wealth effect, right? Where they would inflate these asset bubbles with using the Fed's monetary policy. And they were thinking like, hey, listen, if we can lower interest rates and raise these asset prices, you know, the, the housing value of your house, the stocks, your 401k, if, if all your assets went up in value, then you would feel more secure and you would feel like you could borrow money, right? So think about that. They wanted to make you feel richer than you were so you would go out and borrow money and spend it in the economy. That was their plan to get us out of a recession. You know, it's never to tell the truth, never to actually go through some hard times that are needed to adjust everything that's out of whack. They just said, hey, listen, with the tools we have in our toolbox, we can inflate these asset prices. And if we inflate them enough, the people that don't own them will think they're richer than they are. And then they go borrow more money and fucking spend it in the economy. And then, hey, the rising tide lifts all boats. Great idea. But there's only, well, there's a bunch of problems. Let's start with not everybody has fucking stocks and homes and assets that values inflated, right? So think about this. The, the lower part of the income bracket in this country, five 0.5% of households directly own stock, all right? And 10% of the lower income bracket owns stocks in like a retirement account, like a 401k, all right? So the, the bottom part of society, they don't own shit. 5.5% of those people, percent of those people own a stock. 10% have a fucking 401k. So is that a great, is a stock market a great representation of those subset of people? No. And if you look at the other way, if you go to the highest income bracket, you have 47.5% of people in that bracket own stock and 89.6 have a retirement account. So this is when, when you hear about the, the rich get, keep, keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poor, this is why. You know, their, their financial policies to goose the economy and to get it out of recession, inflate the asset prices and the values of the people that own that kind of shit, which is the top earners in the country. Duh, right? Because they have extra money. And what do you do when you have extra money? You fucking save it and invest it and you make more money and you make more money. Most of the country doesn't own stock. Most of the country doesn't have a 401k. So this certainly not helped by any sort of stock market action, all right? And this, and then you get into the whole, you know, participation by race and gender, it's even worse. You know, as of 2011, 19.6% of the population owned stock and participated in the stock market, okay? So just under 20% of people in the country participated in the stock market. White households participated at a rate of 24.5%, black households was 6.4%, and Hispanic households was 4.3%. 
So using the stock market as any sort of barometer for the overall economy of the country is fucking asinine. At best, you have 20% participation, and in that 20%, it's usually just the top earners that have discretionary income to invest. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have money to go buy a fucking stock because you need that money to put food on the table, put gas in your car. And as inflation gets higher, this is why it crushes the middle and lower classes the most because those people don't have the discretionary income anyway. So then when inflation hits and gas goes from two bucks a gallon to fucking three bucks a gallon and your fucking chicken that you're buying goes from four dollars a pound to eight dollars a pound, what the f- what are you going to do? You, you, you weren't saving money before the inflation and now your cost of living just got higher. So that's why inflation always affects the lower middle class people the worst. And it actually helps the people with money. Right. The people that have stocks, the people that have loans that they bought shit with, because the more inflation goes up, if you have a fixed rate on a loan, you're going to inflate that away. Inflation is great for the rich. It kills the poor. And the stock market's this fucking same thing. I just really wanted to cover that because when you listen to the news and especially the politicians love this, they point to the stock market. <clears throat> and the and the Fed and everyone else is, are using the stock market barometers to make policy in the economy, which is fucking backwards. The economy is shit. It's not been strong for a long time. We've been using emergency measures on this economy since 2018. And how many people have told you since 2018 that this is the strongest economy in the fucking history of the world? And look what I did. I did this. I did that. It's like it's fucking bullshit. This is where the eyeball test is so huge. Look around. Are, are your neighbors buying fucking new cars and new boats and you bragging about all the fucking money they made in the stock market? Or are they going, holy fuck, I can't believe the cost of everything is going up. This is fucking killing me. And you need to understand how it works so you can be, you can be mad at the right people. The people that you should be mad at and demand better from are your politicians that are laying out these asinine programs and spending so much of your money that you don't we that we don't even have this deficit spending they just think they can spend their way out of a deficit spend their way out of a shitty economy it's that doesn't fucking work it's never worked it never will work but it's political suicide to be like hey people we got to go through some bad times here because you know all of us here at the government we were wildly irresponsible with your money we spent a shitload of it we didn't have we had to print a bunch of it yeah, so, you know, you guys got fucked. We're rich as fuck. We made all the money. But yeah, so no one saw this coming. You know, this is the 100-year the flood. You know, that's what they'll say when it all comes crashing down. And you don't, have to be, you don't have to be a fucking economist to understand this. You just have to not believe the shit they tell you without looking at it a little bit. You know, they can't hide everything. You know, in the second paragraph of that 6.9% GDP number, it had all the real shit in there. But they know people don't read that shit. They just oh, look at the headline and they just parrot that to their friends over dinner because they sound like they're fucking informed. Yeah, the GDP was up 6.9% Q4, not too shabby. The fuck does that mean? doesn't mean anything. So that's it. Stock market heavily affected by inflation. Not a lot of people participate in it. So don't even think about it as a good barometer for the economy. You know, we don't produce shit. How can you have a strong economy if you don't produce any goods? Still waiting to hear the answer on that one. That's why the government needs us to spend money. 
We're a service-based economy. The only way this economy in this country works is if the people spend money. That is not a sign of a strong economy. If we had a strong economy, we would have a trade surplus instead of the biggest trade deficits in the history of this country. Again, how can you be a strong economy if you have a trade deficit? We're the biggest debtor nation. We borrow the most fucking money. We take in the most goods from other countries because we don't produce shit. Not a sign of a strong economy. So next time you hear strong economy, you know you're being lied to. Mm -hmm.